community of leader seeds podcasts those high impact and healthy leaders those that see success in the seed that's you if you're listening in and i want to say welcome back to another conversation with mark hirschberg and we got a chance to talk with mark on the last podcast specifically on how he provides essential skills for managers and directors and today i want to welcome him back because we continue the conversation because these essential skills can also be specific if you are an entrepreneur. So if you're an entrepreneur and maybe a brand new startup, maybe you've been in it for a while and you're learning that there's new skills to be learned in today's, in today's markets, then I wanna encourage you to spend the entirety of today's conversation here with us because Mark is gonna share these essential skills that's not so commonly taught and how he works with people and gets great results. So Mark, welcome back. Thank you for being with us again. Thanks for having me back on. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> awesome. And if you didn't get a chance to hear the first one, I want to also let you know that Mark is an author. He's a university instructor, a startup executive, and there'll be links to see more about what he does. And you might have heard it even in the introduction for today's um, episode. But I want to start from there because even though this is a con uh, continued conversation, this is specifically for entrepreneurs. And we even say maybe startup right now, a lot of people are starting their new entrepreneur journey, right? Stepping into that. And with that, we're also learning the joy and the freedom with that, but also the frustrations, let's be real, right? There's frustrations in our entrepreneur journey, but we don't have to be so blind. What we'll learn today, we can take some notes and Marco will kind of shed some light on areas that might be frustrating for entrepreneurs, um, but these, these skills are essential. So Mark, if you can get started, maybe share with us a little bit of how learning these skills, um, how you learn these skills and how you've seen it impact entrepreneurs. I learned these skills the hard way. Early in my career, I was at startup companies and you were always doing 17 different things. I thought, well, I'm just a software developer. I'm now managing a software development team. But no, it turned out there were a whole bunch of other things I had to do from hiring people to raising money to just helping bring in business. Well, these are things no one taught me and I had to develop the underlying skills for them. So for example, networking, most people think of networking as, well, this is what I use to find a job. And if I don't need a job either because I'm employed or now I have my own business, why would I network? Well, because networking can bring you so much more. It can bring you clients and suppliers and partners and employees and even just knowledge that can be helpful. So we want to continue to network. But there's another one of these skills. We've all heard networking. We know, oh, this is important. We've been told since we were kids networking is important. If it's so important, how come they forgot to teach it to us all throughout school? So thankfully, we now have books like mine and some other wonderful books that can teach you how to network. Wow. Um, and thank you for putting a tool together like your book, The Career Toolkit. Um, thank you for putting that together because it does give us something we can go to, like you're saying, because we, we, we weren't taught these things, right? Um, whatever, for whatever reason, we, school prepared us for different things. But when it came to networking, it wasn't this mandatory class that we had to take, even though when we're out there pursuing a business or building a business, like you said, it's critical. It's critical, um, to, especially when starting, right? It's networking, it's connecting with people and stuff. Um, specifically on networking, 
when you're when you're helping people understand and kind of get this skill built in their in their entrepreneurial journey, what is the biggest frustration that you've come across that you see that people have? Maybe it's a misunderstanding with networking or a hesitancy to take action in it. And well, I'm curious, what would that be? What would that obstacle be? People think of networking transactionally. There is a great book. It's a business book. They do cover some networking topics. It's by a man named Harvey Mackey, and it's called Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty. I love the title. Just think about the title. You don't say, oh, now I'm really thirsty. Okay, now I'm going to spend three days digging a well. You want to dig it before you're thirsty. Well, the same thing is true in networking. Too many people think, I need this. I need a job. I need help. So I'm going to go meet some people and hopefully someone can help me. But let's think about when you need help in your life. Let's take just a classic example. You've got to move apartments. You need people to come over and help you pack things up and move that couch down three flights of stairs. Do you say, oh, hey, I met this guy in the bar last night. I'm going to call him, see if he can come over this afternoon. Help me move a couch. The guy's going to say, no, who are you? Fun having a beer with you. I'm not coming over and move your couch. But your friend from high school, the friend who you've known for 15 years, yeah, you can call him and he's probably going to come over, right? It's because you have that longstanding relationship. And so when we want people to help us out, it's usually the people where we've had those longer relationships and the bigger the favor, obviously the stronger the relationship needed for it. So when you just think, oh, I'm thirsty, let me go see if anyone can dig a well for me. <laughs> no, right? But if you think right. I'm going to go dig that well now, not because I'm thirsty today, but because down the road, I know I will be, I don't know when, but I'm going to build that network today. So don't think about, I need time to network. Think about, I'm going to build my relationships because at some point in the future, I will need. Wow. Um, two points that stood out for me, and I'd love to dive in a little bit more. Um, first, first off, I wrote down, like how you said, networking is not transactional. Um, Powerful. If you're writing, guys, we, we, we want to be engaged when you're listening to this. We don't want to be um, passive and how you can be engaged is write things down when you see it, even if it's on a napkin or on the back of a, of a piece of mail that you got, write it down, take that thought and, and let it pass through your fingertips. I wrote down networking is not transactional. That reminded me of kind of like our, our thought process here at Leader Seeds, where it's like the transactions is a harvest. And a lot of times if we're looking at it just as a harvest of going out there and kind of trying to more transaction that will that will determine wh where do I go to network? Is it going to be is there going to be a transaction or not? Am I going to you know and and that will be a wrong filter to look at networking as where when we're looking at it as building relations, it's completely different. That's the seed. Relations take watering, right? It takes different seasons that you're going to go through. That seed is going to go through all four seasons. Same context as we as we're familiar here in in, in the community, but like how Mark is saying where. When we see it as a relation, there's different seasons that you had with that high school buddy. That's why you understand that you can go there because that network is stronger. Um, now, this one might be an open, I, I want to make sure I understand it correctly, because when you said that, it also stood out to me. It's like a lot of times when we're starting a new journey, it's about having networking is also new relations, because sometimes our current relationships or our past ones or we're built to keep us there. You know, a lot of, I, I've talked to a few entrepreneurs that 
they're a little frustrated because they're trying to share their next level or their dream or their their change, you know, where it's a change of identity. Maybe their business is different from their job and they're working a job and they're trying to build a business that people see them differently. But their current relationships don't see them doing their new business. So when they reach out there, they actually, they, they get stuck. So when I see networking, it's important because we can't really rely on just our old relationships. We have to be intentional with networking because it's about building new relationships in a sense, right? Am I picking up on that properly? Is that the right association that I'm making right now? It is, but I also want to expand how we think about our current relationships. Certainly, we should always be developing new relationships. To use your seasons analogy and the harvest, you always want things to be growing. You never just say, well, okay, we've got enough plants. Let the plants keep growing because we know some plants will unfortunately die off or be lost. So just have them, have them grow constantly, tend to your garden. But remember that roots run deep. When many people network, they think just first order. And I've seen time and again, someone will be looking for a job. And I say, oh, how can I help? Well, you don't work in Madison. Okay, I don't. So yeah, so you're not going to be able to get me a job. I don't work in medicine. I do happen to know lots of doctors and medical administrators and people in my network who do work in that field. It's not just what I personally can do. It's what my whole network can do for other people in my network. And so don't just think, well, what do you do? What do you have? Because it's your entire network that hopefully has resources. So go a little deeper and build that diverse network. And if you are connected to others with diverse networks, it doesn't matter what field your first level connections are in, you will have access to a diverse network. So even if you're shifting, you're saying, well, I know lots of people in accounting because that's the world I come from. Don't just think, well, they only know other accountants because they might know other people in the field you're going to. And you don't know that until you ask. If if I had a, a track that I could play right now, it would be with fireworks blowing up right now because I really want that feeling to connect with anyone that's listening right now. If it that that was that was that was some great insight that you just caught from Mark. Um I, I wanna say if if you don't feel like pushing a button and having fireworks go off, I wanna encourage you to go back, rewind, listen to it again, slow things down, and really listen to what he's he's sharing. I would even say, Mark, what I loved about it is that you didn't just give me a surface response. You really took it another level and understanding the depth of why it's important to understand that networking is not transactional. So in your response, if I'm hearing correctly, like you're saying, yes, that's true relations where, um, you know, you might always have to have new ones. I love that. You always want to have new, you always want to be networking no matter what level you're at. But at the same time, it doesn't mean to completely have blinders on your current ones, because it's not about just that contact, that person. There is people that they know, right? And and, and also, in, in as you grow, as you grow in different levels, maybe it wasn't for them in stage one, but maybe in stage three it is. So you never know really eliminating the transaction part of it. Like I would say eliminating it, not even just turning it down, but eliminating it. It, it kind of takes off these blinders when we say, hey, every relation at some time will have a harvest, you know, and treating it as as so as such, just saying, 
I'm just going to sow. I'm going to stay on that because that's what that's in the community, what we're talking about. But we'll continue to sow rather than saying that's I'll go here because there's a transaction. I'll go here because there's a transaction. Right. It's really going out there and saying, I'm just going to get connected to people, knowing that in the right time, connections are our network. You know, so once again, re rewind it, listen in again. Mark, I'd love to hear a little bit about your response or your thoughts on that. Now, I want to share something else that's going to sound like the opposite advice. And this is one of the things I love about business is there is no universal, you must do this, because good advice in one context may not be in the other. One of my big pet peeves are salespeople who are trying to build relationships with me because they know that will help them sell. What do I mean by this? Salespeople understand that if you have a personal relationship with someone, you have a higher level of trust and you're more likely to get the sale. And that's why they want to build relationships with you. It is fine to be a salesperson and say, hi, I'm a salesperson. I'm here selling this widget. I'd like to convince you to buy it. If you do, if you don't, whatever, this is just a transaction. I'll have you on my Rolodex, but we're not building a relationship. That is totally fine. There is no harm in that. If you're a salesperson, it is fine to say, I'm here to sell you and be upfront about it. What bothers me is when I say, I want to build that relationship with you. And it bothers me for two reasons. First, I only have so much time. I only have so much time in my life. And they know I'm an executive. I have access to budgets and decision-making. So they want to build that relationship with me. I'm the person who can write that six, seven-figure check. So we want to take you out to lunch and get to know you. Well, that is going to help you with the sale. I don't know if that helps me. I may be the relationship in general, but I don't have time to go out with every salesperson who wants to meet me. Recognize that. Also, if you really do want a relationship with me, okay, we can build it. It's going to take time. But if your purpose of getting that relationship is, hey, we want to get to know you and build this relationship. And now here's a contract, please sign. Okay, we'll keep in touch, especially as it's up for renewal. We'll start to get to know you again. You're not sincere in that relationship for the relationship's purpose. You're just using the relationship to get that transaction. So recognize as a salesperson, you're going to build relationships. You might also just build sales. Just, hey, I'm adding you to my Rolodex and I'm going to be emailing you and reaching out and selling. And that is fine. Don't masquerade your selling as relationship building. I almost want to say this is this might even be like a master class level episode, guys. What you're hearing, Mark, I thank you for, for touching on. Thank you for even being open to sharing that. Um, not to confuse you if you're listening in, you might be thinking, okay, wait, we were just saying yes to this, and now we're saying caution of this. But like Mark said in the beginning, like there is there's a right timing of things, and, and importantly, there's alignment. There's alignment. Like if you're coming in for something, just be in alignment with that. You know, if you're coming in just for the transaction, be in alignment with that because people will pick up on that. And the word that comes to mind that's very real to me and I think very um, a must in leadership, almost a passion of mine is character at the end of the day. It's, it is a pet peeve at the end when certain principles will be used in a, in a wrong way you know, in a selfish way to just get the sale and how, you know, right. How do you know that it's, we've always, we, we've all been in the area where I, I, I know I have, where you're networking somebody, you think it's great. As soon as they get what they, they wanted, you don't hear from them nowhere, not even a Christmas card, you know, and you're just like, 
wow, like, hey, you know, I thought, I thought we, you know, it was, you know, and before then it was like coffee chat here and how's the kids there and what are you doing here? And then as soon as they get, like you're saying, that contract sign, it's non-existent, you know, so we don't want to be those leaders. That's why I love that Marcus sharing that. That's why I say this is really like go back, listen to it multiple times. It's, it's almost like I'd even say a master class foundation of really setting things properly as these essential skills for entrepreneurs. Mark, when you're working with people, what's something that, what's something you find that's most receptive? We talked about an obstacle. What's something maybe like a low hanging fruit, something that's most receptive for startup entrepreneurs when they're coming in that you can see great success in. So if somebody's listening in, they can be confident that, hey, there's one thing I, I heard on a podcast can give me good traction and good momentum. Well, this builds upon something we talked about in the prior episode of communication. And you put it so well, which is that you need to learn to speak multiple languages. As an entrepreneur, you are jumping from a conversation with your accountant and finance people to your customers, to your IT person, to your marketing person. They all have these different languages and ways of thinking, and you're going to have to jump. And it's helpful to be fluent in multiple languages. It's helpful to recognize a context and use the terminology and models and language as you engage with each person. When you are on a team, when you're on the marketing team and you're surrounded by other marketing people, you speak marketing most of your day or tech or whatever your group is. But now you have to recognize you are going to be, it's like you're driving rapidly through Europe, right? And every few hours, only different country, different language. And you're just going to have to be prepared for that and recognize these context switches that you need to do. So learn to be multi-fluent. And something that I've done is I read books on marketing, on accounting, on sales, on areas that aren't technically my job if I am generally a CTO, a chief technology officer, because I want to learn those languages. Either as an executive, I have to deal with those folks, or when I do run my own businesses, I am wearing many hats and I want to be able to dress the part, so to speak. Wow. So communication and learning multi-languages as an entrepreneur, I love it because that's something anyone right now that's listening can do today because they're already having the conversations. Like you're saying, they're already talking to different parts of the business. It's just being intentional. And I think that the word that popped in my mind is when I'm learning a language, I'm, I'm trying to speak it, but I'm also trying to hear it. So listening is a big part, like listening to what words the marketing person always uses, listening to what words, you know, your tech guy uses their reference to. And being, you know, if, if I'm brand new into in, in a foreign area, there's going to be a lot of questions I'm going to ask, like, hey, what is that? You know, so being that, being able to ask those questions as an entrepreneur, if you don't understand what your tech guy is saying, ask them, hey, you said this, you know, this acronym quite a bit. What is that? What does that mean? You know, but it by asking that, that actually builds the language barrier much better. So thank you. Very actionable. That can get somebody some momentum today, kind of moving forward. Um, when you're working with people, I love to know if, if with people that, that's connecting and listening to the episode today, they're going ahead and they're sucked in the business. They're sucked in the day to day. It's kind of like a glorified job in the beginning. Right. How do they how would you help them in a sense? not be so sucked in to detach from it every so often so we can keep building a business because with a lot of people that that I that I talk to that's the current frustration especially in startup 
where they're excited. They got a few people going. Yes, they got a few sales, but now it's a glorified job. When I'm working eight days a week, I know there's only seven days a week. I'm being dramatic, but you know, they're working constant and it's draining and it's tearing and what they once loved, they now feel in prison too. How do we prevent any of that from happening by being able to step away and not be sucked in so much? This is where you need to think about the 80-20 rule. Now, if you're not familiar with the rule, I'll explain it. But if you've heard the four-hour work week, that's really the idea behind the book. So the 80-20 rule is that we don't do things equally. If you think about your town, when you go and drive, 80% of the time, you are on 20% of your roads. You're driving to the local store, maybe your kids to school, to your office. There are those other roads in your neighborhood. Well, you don't really go down those roads very often. You do once in a while, but 80% of the time, you're only on 20% of the roads. On your phone, 80% of the time, you use 20% of your apps. You're focused mostly on these. You have the other ones for the once in a while. And so everything in life falls. It's not always literally 80-20, but it falls what's known generally as a power law. There are things where we focus a lot of our time and then there are some things that get a little bit of our time. There's also things that generate a lot of value and things that generate little value. One thing that we see in many businesses, and you'll see this later on, is that 80% of your revenue may come from 20% of your customers. But now 80% of your customer service is spent 20% of the customers. And if those don't align, you say, oh, we're spending a lot of time servicing customers, not adding a lot of value. Now, early on, you're spending time across the board because it's all you. Well, where are you getting the most value? I know at my businesses, one thing that's not very valuable is for me to sit there and write checks every week to payroll and to figure out payroll processing. That's not driving my business <laughs> forward. It's something I have to do. So what's the answer? Well, you get an HR services company and they say, yeah, set this up and then each week or each month, you just transfer in X thousand dollars and we'll take care of sending out the paychecks and about doing all the tax stuff. Now I pay them some money. I could save that money by doing it myself, but that's not a good use of my time because dealing with all that accounting, that's not driving my business forward. Getting new customers, thinking through the strategy. So when you look at what you're doing in a week, and if you're not sure, track it. Think about when you go on a diet, what do you do? You say, I'm going to write down everything I eat. Well, if you have this business, you're like, oh, I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. Start tracking what I spend my time on this week. An hour here, 15 minutes there. Write it all down and then say, what are the things that are driving the revenue, driving the business? How can you focus more on that? And the things that are not, can you outsource them in some way? Can you find a virtual assistant for... $20 an hour to take that off your plate. And yeah, it's costing you $20 an hour, but that hour is now used to get more business that's worth more than $20. I love it. Um, I mean, spoken like you really do guide people through that frustration. <laughs> you painted the picture so well, right? I mean, if you're listening to this, you, you, run a, you run a business, whether it's startup or you've been in business for a while, you know that situation that Mark just guided us through um, and kind of the vacuum effect that happens. Um, but I love the principle that he shared, the 80-20 principle. 
I love the the practical steps that he shared by actually going ahead and seeing who can you kind of reach out to, you know? So we got principle, we got something to practice. We got some good stuff on today's conversation. And I, I would, you know, as a host here, I would say this is definitely a win, you know, by getting a chance to whether, whether you're driving, cooking for your family, working out and listening to hear these things, listen to it on repeat, take some notes, but most importantly, take action. Take action. And I, with that being said, I want to provide a way that you can take action and stay connected. Mark talked about this a little bit um, today and, you know, building your network and being connected with people. And Mark, um, what would be a few ways if you could share that anyone that's listening in today could go ahead and take an action today by being connected with you on, in different ways? What would that be? You can go to my website, thecareertoolkitbook.com. There, of course, you can learn more about the book. You can reach out to me or follow me on social media. You can also download my free app from the Android and iPhone stores, and it's linked from the website. There's also a number of resources, free resources on the resources page of the website, including one where you can create learning groups so you can connect with other people, other entrepreneurs, and develop these skills together because you should not go on this journey alone. You should definitely find local groups and if you don't, this is how you can create one of those local groups using the professional development guide on the resources page. So all of this, reaching out to me, the app, these resources, all is available on my website at thecareertoolkitbook.com. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you for putting in all the work that it took to create these tools for people that is going through something you've experienced yourself, but now they get a chance to actually have a resource and tools to help with that journey. Um, if you, For those of you listening in, don't worry about writing all that down. Look in the show notes and you'll see some clickable links that will make it very easy for you to get connected to Mark's website and to stay connected with the app and all the different ways that he put together um, for today's conversation. One last question that we kind of like to know a little bit more about the person for, um, for Mark is, Mark, if you had a dream vacation, where would that be and where would you go? Well, that's a, that's a good one. I have definitely not yet been to Antarctica. And it's not that it's the most exciting place, but I would like to set foot on all seven continents. And that seems like that will be the hard. I have two to go. Antarctica seems like it will be the hardest to get to. So I'd love to just fly down there, spend a day, maybe even stay overnight in this magical fantasy vacation, and then head back home. That's awesome. I'm so glad that you shared that here on the episode because for those listening in, I know myself, when we see those pictures that you've landed foot on an, um, Antarctica, we will be celebrating with you wherever we are in the world, knowing that that was a goal, you know, and a dream vacation for you. So thanks for sharing that. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on today. Awesome. Well, that being said, you heard, you heard twofold how Mark kind of shared these essential skills and the, and the tools that he provided on the last episode about ma for managing and directing today specifically up for entrepreneurs and startups. Um, I'd say if anything else, we are a community that continues to go out there and take action. Join us on a live, uh, different platforms that we'll have on social media that will have live conversations with Mark. Join us there because you can have 
question and answer. You can have different things where you can actually get bring your questions and have Mark answer them directly. It'll be on Instagram, maybe in Clubhouse, but check the notes and you'll get a chance to stay connected and don't miss, miss out on those. With that being said, let's wrap up for today. Thank you for being the leaders that continue to see the success and the seeds of your development, not just hoping on the harvest, but every day going ahead and seeing how can I sow to be a better leader today in all that you do. Mark, I appreciate you spending some time and sharing your insight with us today. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me.